Hello and welcome to Camera Eats First. My name is Devin. And I'm Catherine. And together we are two market girls. We run a vegan blog and a YouTube channel. And this is our podcast where we talk about things like veganism, how we make our recipes, how we run our blog. We keep you up to date on trending news topics in the vegan world. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about veganizing your favorite recipes. Yeah. But before we do that, we obviously have to do the news. Yeah. This is Plant-Based News with Kat and Dev, bringing you their unsolicited opinions on the stories and scandals taking the vegan world by storm. Okay, so I know last week we mentioned some meat-free fatigue. Yeah. I don't think we're going to help that case, but no. we did get a voice message yeah. that I think we should start with yeah. before we get into our topics. Some so more knowledge in the U.S. market that yes. we have. Yeah. All right, Sarah, take it away. Hey, hey, it's Sarah Marie. Speaking of plant-based burgers in the States, I live in the Pacific Northwest and I have a Burger King with the Impossible Whopper and uh, a Carl's Jr. with the Beyond Burger uh, in my area. And my area is kind of considered like borderline rural suburb. It's across the sound from Seattle in Washington State. So there is a lot of like city influence but also a lot of mountain rural influence anyway i just wanted to let you folks know that yes we do have places here in the states with plant-based burgers although i did go to an a and w recently and that's when i cruelly remembered that it's only in canada can i get a vegan a and w burger it was sad anyway i'm gonna keep listening to the episode bye all right. So in last week's episode, we mentioned that we weren't really sure where the Impossible Burger was or where the Beyond Burger was in the States. And thank you to our loyal listener, Sarah, for keeping us up to date. Yeah. But speaking of Impossible Foods, us Canadians got some huge news this yeah. week. Oh, my God. They got the green light. Green light for Impossible products to be sold in Canada. Yeah, they got the okay from Health Canada that the one ingredient that was like holding them back in the U.S. a lot, which is... Leg... Ligo... Globin? Like a... I'm not a doctor, okay? <laughs> It's a really long word. Where is the word? Soy... Lehemoglobin? Something like that. See, I said it right. Yeah, um... Something like that. So it's that one ingredient that had never been used in food before, but is from a plant source mm -hmm. that was like holding them back a lot in the U.S. Um, but Health Canada just gave them the okay to like they said that the evidence that they provided them with was sufficient enough to show them that this is fine to be used in food. So that's very exciting news. Mm -hmm. Which means Canada, I don't, there's no plans, I think, yet to expand into Canada that we know of. But it's huge news because that means we're not just going to be, like, there are people that don't like the Beyond Burger. Mm -hmm. We're going to have some more options. And that's so exciting. Now, I wonder if people are going to be more hesitant towards the Impossible Burger because of this. I don't know. The health food struggle. I don't, I don't know. Because, like, you mean non-vegans or vegans? Both. Both? Yeah. I don't know because, like. The only thing I ever hear about Impossible Foods is how close it tastes to yeah. real meat. That I feel like people are just going to want to try it. I hope so. But then you sometimes hear even... I know I've heard non-vegans scrutinize Beyond Burgers. Like, you know, you don't really know what's in it. Or some of the cheaper vegan yeah. burgers. Like, you don't really know what's in it. So you don't really know if it's that healthy for you. I feel like that 
mentality could be brought towards any new vegan yeah. product and especially, especially one that if they find out it took a while to get um approved by yeah health canada i'm very excited about it yeah. i've never ever once thought beyond or impossible was healthy so there you go i'm okay with it just because it's vegan doesn't mean it's healthy oreos doritos Ritz crackers <laughs> fruit loops Fru- no well, fruity o's fruity o's from president's oh, choice fruity-os. not fruit loops fruity o's are so good um but yeah there's a lot of unhealthy things that are vegan and i'm okay with it i'm uh, very excited i'm like because all of i feel like all of the vegan squad have tried the impossible burger except for us in that yeah and like they always talk about how good it is and like if you like the beyond you'll like love the impossible i want it to come to canada so badly so badly because we always talk about going to the states and then we just never do yeah (laughs) we have too much things to do it's true okay now speaking of impossible foods last week we were also talking about if they came to canada which restaurant would have them but in the states there's also been talk about for mcdonald's who's going to be their vegan burger supplier did some drama is it going to be impossible or is it going to be beyond so there was a report that came out a few months ago or actually i think it was earlier this month yeah that said that um negotiations between mcdonald's and impossible foods had completely just like shut down it wasn't gonna happen yeah that impossible ceo basically said they don't have the capabilities of supplying mcdonald's so why would they even bother bidding for their business Mm -hmm. and then drama happened yeah so now the ceo has come back and and said that that was complete bullshit (laughs) and stated that his words were misinterpreted interpreted we're very deliberate in how we approach customers, but we would never blow off or disrespect a potential customer. And any suggestion that we would do that is completely is complete nonsense. So, especially because like I feel like, like I mean, I feel like anybody who is just like yeah, there's no point in buying for somebody's business. The biggest like burger supplier in the U.S. Mm-hmm. ever would be silly to say that. Yeah, and it's. Not like they were disputing over money, I don't think. The yeah. biggest problem with Impossible Foods right now is just that they can't keep they up with the demand that yeah. McDonald's would need to have they it in there. They don't have the infrastructure built. Yeah. yeah. So they just basically wanted consumers to know and obviously McDonald's, McDonald's to know that they still want to be part of that conversation. Yeah. They just have to get up to that demand. Yeah. And I wonder how they're doing it with Burger King then. Is it just because Burger King's not as big as McDonald's? Maybe. And also... Maybe, like, I don't know if it's in every Burger King location. Like, I don't know what the deal right. is in the States, right? I don't know if it's in every Burger King location. Obviously, there's not as many Burger Kings as there are at McDonald's. And maybe there's just not as high a demand as there would be at McDonald's. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I have no idea. But also, there's maybe it's also that they can't take on another big one. Yeah. So, like, maybe they have the capabilities right now to do a Burger King, but they don't necessarily have the capabilities to do both. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How are they going to supply Canada? <sighs> Now that they're allowed to come here. That's my concern. You know what? Let's not talk about McDonald's US. Let's talk about Impossible Foods. How are you going to get into our... Come to Canada, please. They're going to get into grocery stores first, right? Not into restaurants? I don't know. That's my guess. Well, they did restaurants first in the US. So they might do restaurants first. Because restaurants are a smaller supply, right? If you're just supplying... But if you're just supplying like smaller restaurants not necessarily restaurant chains because that's what they did in the u.s they did a lot of like smaller restaurants throughout the country so it could be something like what's a small restaurant i was gonna say kelsey's but that's not a small example at all well it's like like i think they did momofuku 
or something like that Ooh, in the states. Please where don't do it's that like, here. It's I'll like never it's a bigger it. restaurant. I I could be wrong. I think they did it there, but like it's a bigger restaurant. People know about it, but there's only like two or three locations. Yeah, yeah. So like I think they're they mm. might maybe they'll go that route, but I don't know. Interesting. I have no idea. I'm excited to see what route they go. Yeah. I'm also gonna. I'm like kind of nervous that like. We got this like hopeful information and then, but it still won't be like years until they're here. I'm so mm-hmm. nervous. I want it. I yeah. Just because they're approved doesn't mean that they're actually going to show up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we also don't know how much work they've done to like get to this point yet. So maybe there's still a lot of work they need to do to be able to bring it to Canada. This was just like the very, very first step. So maybe right. they haven't prepared anything else. So it could be a while. All right. Well, we but will, I'm hopeful. Yes. And we will keep you guys up to date as much as we can. And if we miss something, well, we've got listeners like Sarah to keep us in the yeah. loop too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're going to move on to corn. That's how corn. you pronounce it, right? Corn. 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 corn? Not corn. 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 Q-U-O-R-N. Yeah. It's a company mainly in the U.S. Yes. Um, and this article was sent to us from Jesse, our voice of our news intro yes and another loyal listener yeah so corn corn corn, corn. <laughs> i still don't know how to say corn. it. corn they're the biggest meat alternative brand in the world and they're in- introducing carbon footprint data for its top 30 selling products hmm. not all of its products only the top 30 maybe they're only starting with the top 30 maybe i don't know but the new labeling will better inform people who want to understand the environmental impact of the foods they buy and their food's impact on climate change. Now, I'm going to assume that most of their products probably don't have a huge footprint if they're willing to do this. Yeah. So like, th- they might have a little bit, but they're probably not going to... Like, people aren't going to be like, oh my God, this is a huge footprint. I have to stop buying this. Because that could be a pretty bad detriment to their company. If yeah, no, I don't think they would footprint. do that. That sounds silly. <laughs> right? <laughs> it says, in this article, it says, in 2018 alone, Corn Foods products enabled savings of 200,000 tons of CO2E, which, I mean, seems like a lot. Yeah, I don't really like know what that translates to. Me neither. But I need it in translation to car emissions. <laughs> That's what I'm kind of been looking for from this article. Um, if it what relates, exactly yeah. is the labeling going to be? Yeah. Because like people have no idea. Yeah. Like, is it going to be a scale of like one to five? This product is the best. This one is the worst in our range or like, like, I don't know. Like, is it a scale? That, is it a system they're making up completely or is it something that was use somewhere else or that like environmentalist use or something like that so it says in the article that quote-unquote farm to shop carbon footprint data is certified by the carbon trust and will be available for its top sellers which represents 60 percent of its product volume so this thing carbon trust i think is um maybe something that's legislated or like overseen and this is also um i think they're british not Mm. American yeah because mm. it says the carbon Corn, fo- are you British <laughs> the carbon <laughs> footprint labeling will feature on the British brand's most popular and oh. long-standing range- ranges including then they are definitely British yeah corn <laughs> mints corn crispy nuggets and corn sausages I feel weird saying, saying this corn? name yeah it sounds like corn corn yeah corn 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 <laughs> just a lot of us say corn so they're the <laughs> in this podcast every time we say corn we lose a listener 
if this is a video i'm imagining just a corn of cob <laughs> flashing on the screen oh so much editing <laughs> so they're actually the first meat-free food manufacturer in the world to take the leap and introduce third-party carbon footprint accreditation via the carbon trust mm, third party yes so they're not doing any of it no it's through um carbon trust climate leadership le- leadership framework which helps corn identify a roadmap towards achieving net zero emissions hmm. yeah cool yeah i i do hope though like if they were to put it on packaging i think what i would want to see is how much water did i save yeah because i know that's a huge number yeah or how many like parts like the rainforest is another big one right how much yeah. of the rainforest yeah, is i don't dying? know what i'd want to know because i don't really know like you don't I know guess, what you're doing Catherine, yeah that too to our planet <laughs> i don't <laughs> I don't. I really don't. These things take a long time, though, to catch on. Like, the vegan certified label mm-hmm. isn't on a lot of products, even products that are vegan. Mm-hmm. So, um, And I hope that it's sort of presented in a way that it's not, like, fear-based. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because sometimes yeah. vegan messaging can be just so negative. I came across You're so many... You're gonna die. Yeah, I came across so many aggressive tweets in our feed this week. And oh. it was just like, why? About what? I can't remember what they were, but I was just like, I would never retweet that because it's just, it was talking about, oh, I think it was talking about eating bacon and it was saying things like, um, you know, a higher chance of cardiovascular disease and all these things and like lower quality sperm and that I was like, your babies, you're not going to be able to have babies. Yeah. Let's not associate veganism with With fear. fear. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, I'm scared all the time. Hey, that's my line. <laughs> Speaking of climate change, though, yeah. it is definitely a big theme with veganism these days. Such a theme. And in the UK, almost 200 UK schools will now serve plant-based meals to tackle the climate crisis. That's big. That is pretty big. Is it like elementary, high school, university? We don't know. Um, It doesn't say uh, which age range yeah it's in leeds and it's oh so sorry it says primary schools so is that like elementary for us i guess so at least up to grade six i would guess don't know how the school system works in the uk but yeah Yeah. okay so it's their attempt to have the city's carbon footprint by 2025 have yeah so the city council i guess has reached out to the school board yeah and because that's such a big part of um their carbon footprint maybe they've done some research yeah if they go into the schools and put plant-based meals it'll help bring down their carbon footprint i'm wondering what else they're doing i wonder if they've gotten any like negative feedback from parents right because the other like when we talked about daycares introducing that's when there was a lot of u.s no, I was in Canada. That was in Canada. See, Out this is east. the thing, though. I feel like UK is way more open to vegetables <laughs> because literally. So I've had so many people to go vegetables. to. I've had so many people go to the UK, and they're like, literally, every restaurant has a vegan option on the menu, at least one. And I'm like, they're like, even like steakhouses, they have like <laughs> vegan options on the menu. So I feel like they're just more open to like vegans and vegetarians out in the UK. And I could be totally wrong. I've never been, mm-hmm. but like, it just kind of seems that way. If they're not getting a lot of, like, I just automatically assume anytime people make a change to children's diets, there's automatic criticism. That's what I was thinking. Because when it's applied to kids, people just get really, really protective, which is completely understandable. Yeah, you're, I assume you're feeding your kid what you think is best for your kid in the moment. Yeah. 
So when someone else decides to be like, oh, we're changing this, just so you know, and it might go against what you think or whatever it is, or you just like are fearful of the change because you're not sure what it would do, then I feel like there's usually a lot of criticism when it comes to kids. Yeah. Um, the article doesn't talk about any criticism. It says over 180 schools will ditch meat-based meals for two days during the week, offering a vegan option instead on one day and a vegetarian option on the other day with option of more vegan dishes for those who want them so they're not getting wait are i'm confused by that sentence are they getting rid of meat on two days a week or are they just adding a vegan option on two days a week it says they'll ditch meat-based meals for two days during the week okay and one then, of those days will be all vegan oh, one of those days okay. will be vegetarian got with it. vegan options got it okay and then so we mentioned like what else the city is doing yeah. They said another way they are trying to reduce their carbon footprint is installing more solar panels, nice. um, moving to all renewable energy, and children are being taught about the benefits of recycling and how to tackle food waste. Oh, that's so nice. I like yeah. that. I see. That's a, I feel like a very ambitious goal. Oh, yeah. That's four years to have your carbon footprint. Yeah. That's a ambitious goal. But I feel like like that's impressive. I feel like you have to be ambitious now. Mm-hmm. And, like, the recycling education, I feel like, is a huge thing. Huge. I saw a TikTok this week all about... What? Catherine. Devin and TikTok. You need to just understand that TikTok is the happening place to be. And I For am now. there. <laughs> Anyways, it was all about recycling in Japan. Yeah. Do you know about their recycling no. in Japan? So, they have pickups every single day. And okay. you have to put it out by 8.30 in the morning. You can't put it out the night before there's a special bin that goes out every day so it's a different type of item so any of your glass stuff goes out on mondays mm. any of your plastic any of your paper like it's all sorted yeah. so it's this woman that was living in japan she's like these are five of my bins i have two more over here and one outside and it's like such a thing it's so that's, that's awesome though right um do where you live yes up north oh yes we live in the north. north um do you still do you guys have to sort your no because i remember we used to have to sort our recycle yeah because like i i just haven't lived there in so long so i don't know what it's changed but i remember having to sort like this bins for paper this bins for glass this bins for plastic whatever yeah so we don't do that anymore there no okay because i always thought it was so weird because here we don't do it either in Mm -hmm. toronto so um i wonder why is it just because our systems like is that a downgrade or is that an upgrade being able to mix it all into one? I feel like it's a downgrade. Okay, that's what I thought too. I feel like I've heard a lot of vegans it takes, talk about how recycling actually isn't a good way to no. help the environment these days because so many things like, don't get recycled properly. Exactly. Like it's better and I think it's based on where you live for the most part in your recycling program, of course, because obviously Japan, it seems great. Yeah. Um, but I think that was like, it was one, obviously it's better than producing trash. But also, like, I think a lot of recycle ends up in landfills anyways because yeah. people don't know how to recycle properly. And a lot of towns just or towns or cities or whatever, it's just cheaper for them to just throw it out, which is so sad. Like, why even have a recycling program if you're just going to throw it out anyways? Mm-hmm. It makes no sense. But yeah. And I think one of the toughest things, too, is just the education. Yeah. Like, I know at the school I work at, we have the different bins and everything, but there's a huge, there's huge conversations around the fact that no one knows which what bin to what? put things in. Yeah. So everything just ends up so messed up that they can't even recycle it in the end. Also, like people don't know that they have to wash out their recycling before putting it in the recycle. Because yeah. like food waste in your recycling ruins the whole batch. 
whole batch all gone spoiled wash out your containers people all right or you may as well just throw it in the trash there's your recycling education for today yeah (laughs) um we're gonna move along to oh sorry before we continue i have to say sustainability yeah i'm like trying to put it more like front and center for me this year and like i feel like i haven't been able to do it well because i've been trying to do it all at once so i've decided i'm gonna make a list of things that i can i think are reasonable for me to actually switch to low waste or zero waste i'm gonna do one at a time so like one, one item a month at a time or one however one long until it, takes. it takes me to figure to be like normal about it interesting yeah. can we explore this list in another episode yeah okay that's what we're gonna do okay um our next news item is about singer william eyelash or <laughs> as she's more commonly known billy I- eilish yeah william eyelash william eyelash to me forever <laughs> she launched a sustainable clothing line at h&m interesting choice seems like a contradicting fast fashion and sustainability doesn't really seem to work yeah but i think a lot of people don't understand that fast fashion is as harmful as it is and that like h&m is one of the biggest brands that would be a culprit of that for sure because their styles are changing so quickly quickly. maybe not the highest quality so people throw them out and get new ones and we all know that well maybe we don't all know but like the waste of clothing clothes thrown away is one of our so high yeah so so high as happy as we are to hear that like this clothing line clothing line is being launched it might be sustainably like the materials might be sustainable but it's still not it's still i don't think we'll eliminate like okay so the price range is between 5.99 and what 34.99 so that's a really low price point for clothing that's very on par with h&m's prices yeah. already if not cheaper some of h&m things are more expensive than that yeah so a that just i'm just gonna assume it's not the best quality i assume that it's gonna be maybe from more sustainable sources or like organic or whatever it, it happens to be but i'm gonna assume the quality is still fairly low mm-hmm. which means people are still gonna wear through their clothing just as quickly i'm also assuming that it's probably not ethically made mm-hmm. if it's you can that sell cheap? things for five ninety nine. Like sustainability is one thing, but like having an ethical clothing line costs a lot more money. And like obviously this might just be a step. I get that. Not everyone can spend a hundred dollars on a t shirt or whatever it is. I can't spend a hundred dollars on a t shirt. But like I think it's kind of it's just an odd thing to do and to promote when we're trying to save the planet to like promote a clothing line that probably won't last forever mm-hmm. that will probably has a pretty short lifespan probably doesn't have a very ethical footprint mm-hmm. and is with a clothing brand that isn't necessarily have a good track record at all for any ethical sustainability or anything like that yeah like i have shopped at h&m obviously Devin has too yeah. whatever like i like their clothing yeah but they're not sustainable and they're not ethical yeah so it's it's a weird partnership to me it is like they have a brand like a they call it their conscious line or something so it's supposed to be more environmentally friendly and it's generally more expensive as well yeah but the brand like the sub brand of h&m that's doing this line is divided it's called divided yeah and i'm pretty sure it's like a lot of their basic very fast fashion that's what it yeah and you see this brand in other fast fashion outlets as well so i just can't see it being as sustainable as 
they just are, going to a thrift store or yeah, something yeah like exactly that. yeah it's not as sustainable as you might think just based on what they're telling you in yeah. the advertisement um so yeah i i think it's cool to see i think be skeptical of things like this though what i would rather billy eilish do in all honesty than creating a whole new clothing line is just educate people on fast fashion mm-hmm. and like educate people on sustainable sources and ethical sources and all that kind of stuff rather than making a whole new clothing line mm-hmm. like just educate these are stores that are doing great for sustainability or ethics or you know these you can shop at these thrift stores throughout the u.s or whatever it is i'd rather see that than creating a whole new thing Mm -hmm. because like that doesn't seem it seems kind of backwards to like create a whole new thing to educate someone on sustainability when we've already got enough more than enough Mm -hmm. to clothe people that we don't need more yeah it's tough though it's it like, is very tough i know i've been trying to make like a conscious effort to if i want to update my wardrobe i try i go to plato's closet first yeah. which is a secondhand store they t- only take certain brands and certain quality so it's a little it's a step up from something like value village yeah. so i try to go there first if i'm looking for like a very specific item i still buy new i'll things. go to the store yeah. but i'll try to avoid places that are more fast fashion yeah. and i'll try to get something that's more high quality yeah. even though it's going to be more expensive i'm trying to like just not go for the cheapest thing anymore that, because i recognize that it's not paying off in yeah. the long run and also most of the time after a year you don't want it anymore anyways you're like i don't really like this anymore yeah so like when you find those like more expensive more staple pieces that are just like more basic they stay in your wardrobe a lot longer exactly and they don't get worn out that's the biggest thing with these cheap yeah this cheap clothing that i've learned my lesson finally i don't do a do lot that. of my shopping via my brother's girlfriend when she gets rid of clothes, she always messaged me. She's like, I'm getting rid of a bunch of clothes. Do you want to come see? And I was like, yes, please. Yeah. And I just take a few things from her and that's my new clothes. <laughs> yeah. And clothing swaps are a huge yeah. thing now. Yeah. And then uh, I'm not great at shopping at thrift stores. I'll admit that. But mm-hmm. I just, just because I don't have the patience. But I also just don't buy a lot of new clothes. Mm. The only thing I don't buy from thrift stores is jeans. Because I just like, I am very, very particular of what jeans fit me well. Mm-hmm. And like... I, I get my jeans in American Eagle because I think they fit me really comfortably, but I've never actually tried to get jeans from thrift stores. So maybe I should try. I was going to say American Eagle is my go-to brand too, because yeah. they last the longest. And they're, they're so comfortable. They fit right. They yeah. have the short length for my short legs. They're also very inclusive of sizes, which yeah. I like. So, But that's one of the brands that Play-Doh's carries. So yeah. I can get American oh, nice. Eagle there. Yeah. So it helps. Yeah. Okay. So for the last part of you want to go through these products? honorable mentions yeah we're just going to mention them so you know about them but we're not really going to talk about them no so first up new york-based vegan startup blackbird foods launched new products this week um what do we got what do we got what do we got this week they launched vegan pepperoni sausage and wings to grocery stores now i think some of their items are in um champ's diner and screamers pizzeria hmm. in brooklyn which are two very popular places they are we need to go to champ's yes and screamers sure pizza that's true i <laughs> like the name too it's so aggressive yeah. okay next up kroger's mm-hmm. that meat-free fatigue is gonna hit guys <laughs> they launched their own meaty vegan burgers i feel like it's not meat-free p- fatigue it's burger fatigue <laughs> meat-free burger fatigue that's true because like i don't have chicken fatigue no do you? no i also would love to see a uh, meat-free fish you know yeah don't have that kind of fatigue um, so they added plant-based patties and plant-based grind. Is that, do people call it grind? 
like ground i think so but it says oh, grind i don't know <laughs> unless that's a typo <laughs> anyways it's part of their new simple truth emerge line emerge, emerge. and the products are made from emerge. pea protein emerge. there you go they're gonna be oh stocked in the supermarket's traditional meat case yeah yes okay (laughs) they're gonna emerge in the meat kit case yeah they are (laughs) interesting i've heard some uh whole foods have been moving the beyond meat burgers into the vegan section and away from the meat oh so i don't i don't remember where i heard that i think i was watching a youtube video of somebody's but they said their local whole foods their beyond meat used to be in the meat section but it got moved to the vegan section so i don't know if that's just that one location or if they're starting to move it over i don't know why but i heard that drama 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 drama. (laughs) okay and we're gonna talk about something that's not meat oh my god ben and jerry's ice cream So they released its newest flavor, Netflix and Chilled, yeah, yeah. with a vegan option that's made from almond milk. Ice cream that you can watch all your vegan documentaries to. Or other stuff, or to market girls' videos. <laughs> yeah, that too. It's Netflix and Chilled. That's why I said that. Yo. <laughs> um, so this flavor is a peanut butter ice cream base with sweet and salty pretzel swirls and fudge brownies. I'll take all of it, please. I know, although, although I'm skeptical of pretzels just because of that one ice cream we had where the pretzels were like stale. What? Remember at a, was it Virtuous Pie? Oh, you weren't there, were you? No. Oh yeah, we ha- I had a salted cho- caramel and pretzel ice cream and the pretzels were like weirdly stale. What I'm wondering is how the pretzels keep the crunchiness. They don't. Like they go soggy. Yeah, they're weird. I don't oh, like them. That's disappointing. Yeah. Pretzel is the kind of ice cream topping you have to sprinkle on top. Yeah. Yeah. You don't build in it the into moment. the ice cream. No. You put it on afterwards. No. Yeah. What was the other flavor? Sorry. No, it's just one. Oh, just one. Yeah. I thought there was two. Well, they released it as a non-vegan and a vegan. Oh, okay. That's got why it. There's two in got the it, picture. Got it. Got yeah. it. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. You know what funny ice cream thing I saw this week that oh. I'm gonna throw in there? You know how there's like cookie bits in ice cream. Somebody yeah. picked out the cookie bits and then baked them. <laughs> and they had these mini little cookies. They actually baked yeah. well? Wow. Wow. What a magical thing. You want to know where I saw that? Where? TikTok. TikTok. <laughs> My goodness. That seems like a lot of work. Oh, for sure. The chocolate chunks. For sure. The it, it was funny. chunks. Okay. That's going to be it for this edition of In the News. I'm Devin. And I'm Catherine. And that's the way the plant-based cookie crumbles. Or you pick it out of the ice cream and you bake it. (laughs) All right. We're talking about veganizing recipes. Yeah, we are. Because you're the master of it. Am I? Uh, Yeah. Okay. I feel like... I'm not. I'm definitely not. I think it's a good topic for Veganuary. Because I feel like when you go vegan, you're all about like, I still want to eat this and this and this and this. How do I do that? (laughs) Actually, I feel like... Most people go in, into it thinking, I'm just not going to be able to eat these things anymore. Do they? Yeah. I think it's something that unless you you have to do the research to realize, oh, I can do this. I can still have okay. these things. Well, you can, guys. Here's your research Yes. For we you. are here to tell you. Yeah. You can have everything you've ever dreamed of. Oh. Mm. What? I don't know about everything you ever dreamed of. Hey, I'm going to manifest it. Just yeah? watch me. Okay. Anyways. I'm proud of you. Thank you. <laughs> I'm watching you. You're so proud. <laughs> um what are we talking about veganizing recipes Mm -hmm. um i think the easy one to start with is baking baking is actually the easiest thing to veganize depending on the recipe Mm -hmm. but um 
like cookies are super easy to make vegan guys if you are ever feeling sad about your veganism just bake a batch of cookies man they'll be like oh right i can still have cookies as a vegan (laughs) yeah and some non-vegans will tell you that they can tell the difference they can't no they really can't unless i will say if you put coconut oil instead of butter they'll be able to tell the difference and then they'll think that it's the cookie's fault but it's not the cookie's fault it's just you can taste the coconut Oh, sorry. It's not your fault. It's the coconut's fault. Wow. Don't blame <laughs> me. Blame the coconut. Well, I mean, I blame the person who puts coconut oil into cookies. Guys. You've done that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's not the best. <laughs> That's back when I was trying to be healthy. Ugh. Ugh. Okay, guys. Vegan butter exists and it's delicious. Uh, I think there's actually a lot of brands. My favorite to bake with is Earth Balance. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's the most true to actual butter. Mm. um but there's also like vegan margarine that you can use that works really well but if the butter is like a vital thing to the ingredient to the ingredient i would say go with something like an earth balance the sticks because it's more like a it's more sturdy butter yeah. would be like yeah a, okay I see. um um non-dairy milks super easy you can substitute pretty much any of them i think yeah for regular milk i usually use soy because it has the least amount of flavor mm-hmm. i would suggest soy but you know people like oat now, the biggest question, if they're not asking about the butter, they're asking about the eggs, right? Yes. So my, there's actually many ways to substitute eggs in recipes. And it kind of depends on which one you're doing. My go-to is flax eggs, mm-hmm. which is basically a tablespoon of ground flax meal with uh, three tablespoons of water. And you just let that thicken up for like five or so minutes. That replaces one egg. Um, but there's also, you could do that with chia seeds. So instead of mm-hmm. flax, you can do it with chia um you can do peanut butter if you want i think it's like a quarter cup of peanut butter is the substitute of one egg you can do applesauce Mm -hmm. mashed banana you can do there's something else there's so many of them um basically anything that will help bind stuff together because that's what eggs do they bind things um so oh and if you're looking for a replacement for like egg whites and meringues and stuff aquafaba which is chickpea water yes magical thing (laughs) yeah you're looking for something to be nice and like fluffy yeah so basically if the egg isn't part of the flavor if it's just to bind the recipe you're going to be fine with those replacements that Catherine mentioned Mm -hmm. i think the flax egg is probably the most neutral oh and there's also store-bought egg replacers yeah i forgot about those do you ever use those i've never used you've never ever used them no me neither i've always been intrigued by them yes but i've never used them maybe we'll have to test with them yeah we'll test with a bunch of different egg substitutes and cookies see which ones work that's super fun so much fun (laughs) um but yeah so if it's not too vital to the and most of the time when you're putting eggs in something it's not unless you're putting like 12 eggs in something because like if if you're only adding one or two eggs to a recipe, yeah. most of the time you won't ever taste the egg in a recipe. It's just there for like binding things. Mm-hmm. So you can use flax, chia, whatever, any of the ones we mentioned. Um, if you want to make like a good meringue pie or something like that, aquafaba is a magical ingredient. Mm-hmm. You got to whip it for a really long time. Like yeah. if you have a, you want to probably use a stand mixer if you have it. Otherwise yeah. your arms will get oh, very sore. So tired. And you whip it for a long time. There might be a smell, but you will not taste. Like, it does yeah. not taste Once weird. you Also, once you add sweetener to it, so sugar or whatever you're adding to it, it exactly. like, c- kind of completely masks it. Yeah. It can be a little bit temperamental sometimes, I think. Like, if you over whip it or add in the other things, like... At say, a weird time. Yeah. It could yeah. deflate it almost, yeah. but... But, um, yeah. So, basically, you treat it the same way you would treat egg whites in a meringue. 
Uh, you have to beat egg weights for a really long time too. You add sugar in there to help keep the structure sound. You also would add something like cream of tartar or something mm. like that to help make it more structurally sound. Um, but that's a great substitute and it's so awesome. This is vegan science now. Science. Okay, what science. about... <laughs> so baking is definitely the easiest thing to do. I think so, yeah. For the most part. The thing that you won't... Like there might be some weird changes that you have to make, but you won't notice it in the product the most. Right. Yeah. The process will change. The taste stays not basically so much. the same. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what about savory things? Savory things. Yeah. Um, so that's where I think people are gonna just gonna have to realize that not everything like you can still get flavors the same, textures are gonna be different. Mm-hmm. Very different. Um, so when you're first starting out, if you're trying to replace meat in something, I would recommend going to like fake meats. Yeah faux meats before you go to like tofu or tempeh because they're going to be drastically different than meat that you're used to so i would go to something like if you're looking for ground substitute something like yves or gardein where they have their like ground round it's so good all of them Mm -hmm. or like if you want something like beyond and crumble it up um it's just really expensive yes um so but if you want something like a chicken i would go with something like gardein or whatever other plant-based chickens you have around you um, just because it'll be more familiar yeah. in texture than anything else. Yeah, because that's probably the biggest thing. Like the flavor is pretty close, yeah. I think. And especially if you are coating it in something yeah. or mixing it in where you're not just going to taste like that fake chicken. Yeah. Um, but we're also saying like this is something to do at the beginning because you shouldn't be reliant just on these yeah. processed fake meats. Tofu is delicious, guys. You just kind of have to like it takes a while to get yeah. used to if tofu's not in your diet a lot yeah as you slowly make the changes to different parts of your diet then you'll work towards the bigger changes that are more like this is the healthier side of veganism yeah at first i think for most um vegans it's about at least just getting comfortable yeah with getting rid of the foods that they've grown up their entire lives with yeah especially nowadays like i feel like if someone a vegan 10 years ago they would have had to have eaten whole foods yeah. but now you have the like a lot of times you have the flexibility of being like, okay, I can, I want to eat healthier, but I know I can't just go straight from eating fried chicken or like chicken wings and all this stuff and go straight into let's eat tofu and tempeh and mm-hmm. beans because it's going to be way drastic of a change. And almost no one can do that. Mm-hmm. Like that's a lot of change. Um, like I'm trying to make the change from processed food to not processed food now mm-hmm. and it's difficult and I'm a vegan. Yeah. Like too many big changes at once almost kind of sets you up for failure. Yeah. But I feel like a lot of vegan messaging is make all these changes right away, right yeah. at once and then you're good to go. Yeah. And I, so I would like really lean on those faux products for the first little while and also like know that not everyone is created equally. Yeah. So like different brands like it's not like chicken where like obviously there's different like brands of chicken out there but chicken is chicken for the most part mm-hmm. fake ch- vegan chicken is not vegan chicken like it's not the same across brands right everyone makes it a little differently everyone makes it the texture slightly different or the taste is slightly different so i would try until you find one that you're like oh yeah this one tastes close enough to chicken that i think i could like eat this one do you want whatever to, it is do you want to talk about like some specific ones that you would recommend um gar anything gardein almost is really good um i really like their fish fillets i have been afraid to try they're the really fish good products i just can't wrap my mind around that they'll be good yeah 
I like I don't but, get the fish fillets a lot, yeah. but I remember getting them and really liking them. I tried the turkey cutlets for the first time this Never week. Never had them as like a chicken parmesan yeah. dish, and it was so good. I yeah. was fully like I ate it and I was like, "What did you use for the <laughs> for the chick? This is great." Yeah, they're really good at like cutlets and stuff like that. Yeah, so good. Gardein specifically um, for ground round, Gardein or Yves mm-hmm. are really good. I don't know all the products available in the u.s if you're listening in the u.s but these ones are available in canada uh they're my favorite um i've tried the beyond ground it's good but it's not like triple the cost good Mm -hmm. i would so much rather still get the eaves for five dollars yeah um it's really good i i enjoy it a lot and i feel like for the most part you might be able to tell a difference right away if you're going from like i ate ground beef yesterday i'm eating eaves today you'll be able to tell the difference probably but like once you start incorporating into your diet more eventually you won't really notice it just becomes ground beef yeah and what's interesting with the ground round is it's one of those products that i find more and more the people who are non-vegan in my life are like so i tried the ground round in my tacos this week yeah and they're like it was actually really good yeah yeah the potential's all there as long as you seasoned it and cooked it i feel like that's one of the easiest savory things to substitute because it tastes so similar yeah in my opinion it's i think on its own you definitely notice it but if you season it properly then you're good yeah exactly the other one i think we have to shout out is tofurkey's lightly seasoned chicken, chicken pieces oh so good oh, so good in like so good. chicken pasta especially if you like crisp it up on the stove a yeah. little bit so good I even like we haven't tried it but i feel like a chicken salad sandwich oh, it would be really yes. good in if you shred it lightly yeah. um something like uh this one i think it does take a little bit like people really like uh green jackfruit as pulled pork mm. and like it tastes similar it's not going to taste exactly like it because mm-hmm. pork and fruit are not the same thing what <laughs> um but like it actually you kind of get that texture you don't necessarily get the flavor but you get the texture there mm-hmm. it's not necessarily as tough or as like chewy mm-hmm. but like i think you you kind of get it i feel like there's still a secret to cooking it or seasoning it properly so you don't get that little hint of like fruit underneath yeah. that i haven't quite figured out on my own yeah but if i get it at a restaurant it's i'm so like good. what did you do yeah i know and even to me like i don't notice it that much but if i'm serving it to someone else i'm like hyper aware of um did i cover up the fact that it's a fruit how enough? do you normally cook it um okay so that's if i was doing like i did a buffalo sauce one yeah. one time so some butter cook it for a while and i think i also have um seasoned it before i put it in the pan yeah so i'll coat it in maybe a poultry seasoning yeah, yeah. and then i'll cook it in butter so add to the savory just like pile on those savory yes. flavors and then throw on whatever sauce whether it's buffalo or barbecue yeah i would try mm. sometimes it might help you with the chew factor too but i would pan fry it and then put it on a baking sheet and bake it a little bit so you get crispy bits oh. i would try that wait so after i've added the sauce yeah okay and then pan fry it and bake it okay yeah um it might change the texture a little bit okay um but yeah that's actually another thing that you just mentioned pile on the savory don't be afraid to like add things to it to make things work Mm -hmm. because not everyone can just eat tofu like i can't (laughs) like (laughs) i get that i'm the weird one in this situation but like you need to like don't be afraid of adding butter to things and adding Mm non-dairy milk or whatever it needs to be to get that to make it more comforting to you and less like strictly about 
whatever you're replacing Mm -hmm. like add some things to it to help kind of distract you if that's kind of i don't know if that's a weird way to say it but i actually feel like vegan butter is something i lean on a lot for like it tastes like butter upping that savory factor yeah like if i'm making a tofu scramble yeah butter base butter yes because it just helps yeah also tofu scramble is so good guys. so good i so good i'm proud of how good i've gotten at it yeah like i really feel good about do you it. use firm tofu yeah okay i i do too but i've always been intrigued to try using a combination of firm and a slightly softer tofu to see if you get kind of get the like slightly runnier egg feel to it yeah less dry see i was never you know how some people eat scrambled eggs pretty runny yeah i was never into that so yeah. i've never thought about replacing that but for someone for some who people, was yeah. yeah i've never liked scrambled eggs so i don't That's a eat thing. tofu scramble i wish veganism had a like sunny side up egg oh my god i can't tell you how much i miss oh, that so bad. i mean there are recipes out there they're just very complicated yeah ain't nobody got time <laughs> for that i don't want to do in the morning okay but speaking of like breakfast foods should we talk about bacon if we're talking yeah. about substitutes and bacon's a hard one you're not really gonna find anything that's bacon no like we but have, we have king's vegetarian bacon. that is so good very good like even non-vegans really really like it you get that flavor it's not exactly the same texture but mm-hmm. you get the flavor mm-hmm. um but you just kind of i don't know i'm like almost fine with all the vegan bacon substitutes out there like there's not one that i've had where i'm like this is disgusting mm. <laughs> so i'm okay with it i'm like a I'm so different when it comes to people's taste. Like, I taste them like, yeah, this tastes good. Like, I never try and think of it trying to replicate something. Yeah. I just want it to taste good. Yeah, that's really fair. Um, which is, I think, is a good mentality to go about it. Um, is you just want it to taste good. Don't ever expect it to taste exactly like the thing you're replacing. If it tastes good, it tastes good. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if it doesn't mm-hmm. taste exactly like bacon. Um, that's I've- why I almost like all the bacon substitutes out there. They just, most of them don't taste like bacon. I've really been liking smoky tempeh, mm. like Light Life's smoky tempeh yeah, it's for really bacon good. is real good. Yeah. Like, don't be afraid to like really put on the flavor. Like, you're going to lack, texture is going to be different. Mm-hmm. So make sure when you're replicating something to really hone in on what are the flavors in this dish and how can I add those flavors so that maybe the texture is not going to be spot on, but I'm still going to get all those like those familiar flavors in this dish that i'm trying to recreate Mm -hmm. because most of the time it's the flavors when it comes down to things it's not always the texture yeah and if the flavor is there enough you can overlook the texture being too different and that actually it reminded me of another ingredient that i lean on a lot what liquid smoke oh i also add that to my scramble it's just like a little hint and you just get that oh i feel like this is from an animal you know what i mean (laughs) it's that like barbecue the human mind can be so simple so simple <laughs> um i'm trying to think of it can also be simple as like cooking methods mm-hmm. like don't think that you have to cook an ingredient different just because it's a different ingredient like you have to maybe cook it less or something but like you can still put tofu on the grill mm-hmm. and cook it the same way you would cook a steak or something like that you can still put steak seasoning on it or whatever you can still do that with certain ingredients so don't be afraid like don't think you have to uphaul everything and be like i have to figure out a whole new way you can't do this you can't do this you can't do this you can i feel like for tofu people are more likely to undercook it yes and for things like 
beyond crumble they're more likely to overcook oh it. Like my we've goodness seen that at restaurants right where they think they have to cook it like they would beef you think you have to then, cook it until brown right yeah, yeah and then it comes out too tough and kind of like dried out and it's horrible we yeah have, we have been the victims of an overcooked beyond crumble and it is not good <laughs> like dog food it's not good at all um that's the thing i think when you're cooking plant-based meat substitutes you have to kind of understand that you're still just cooking vegetables no matter if it looks like a burger or whatever it looks like it's still just vegetables Mm -hmm. if you undercook it a little bit it's not gonna kill you Mm -hmm. like you can still see pink in your beyond burgers and you can still like that's fine like you're not gonna get sick from that Mm -hmm. so as far as i know (laughs) just gonna put that in we're not doctors um so like don't be it's almost like kind of more reassuring when you're cooking vegetables because i don't know about you but before going vegan i was always so afraid to cook chicken oh yeah and so afraid to like cook certain things because i was like i don't know how long to cook these i don't know when it's done or it's like what did the chicken touch that i should (laughs) clean right now or we're all gonna die so like going when you switch to veganism it's so much nicer because you're like i'm not gonna poison anyone if i undercook this it's great (laughs) the only thing i am worried about poisoning is tofu's reputation so i take that cooking very seriously (laughs) um but yeah i think the main point to take away from veganizing recipes is really really understand the flavors and the like the essence of the dish and figure out what's the most important part of the dish and focus on that so like if you're trying to recreate a chili recipe the meat isn't the most important part of the dish. It's those like really smoky and delicious flavors in a chili and the like medley of veggies and beans or whatever it is. Um, really focus on that kind of stuff and less so about the, oh, this isn't meat. Meat's the most important part to this chili. It's not. Mm-hmm. Um, in most recipes, it's not the most important part. It's the flavor that's the most important part. So like if you have this really delicious chicken baked dish or something, really hone in on what you season the chicken with and do the same thing with tofu or something else, whatever you want to do it with. Um, and like you'll get that same flavor. Like texture is not the be all end all of the way a dish feels to you, mm-hmm. right? Whether you get that familiar vibes from it, it's the flavor of it. Yeah. Um, in the way it's cooked and things like that. So I would focus on that kind of stuff when you're going to recreate non-vegan recipes flavor first the rest is just a vessel for the flavor yeah because as long as you like the texture of what you're cooking then it's you're gonna think it tastes fine yeah like as long as the flavor's there and you like the texture of everything then it's fine it's a fine dish it's whatever Mm -hmm. (laughs) so um as long as you're not like cooking things that you like the textures just don't work like texture is important but not specific textures necessarily um yeah i don't know if you have any pointers like, do you, have you veganized anything that you're super proud of that you veganized? Mm. Or your family? That I mean, chicken parm? Well, that chicken parm was really good. But again, like my tofu scramble, I don't make very often, yeah. but when I do make it. You're proud of it. Yeah. Even to the point where like my sister's like, I like this one better. My brother will even eat it and like wow. it. And like, those are huge wins for yeah. me. My proudest moment that I never make is that chicken, the chicken and waffles oh that it's i want to make that for everyone i know i know it's so good yeah (laughs) it's so good if you're feeling adventurous and really want to try like a cool different take on fried chicken 
try our vegan fried chicken it is so good oyster mushroom mushrooms man mushrooms are magical as a meat yes okay yeah that's something that we should talk about this podcast is two mushroom girls are in don't sleep on mushrooms guys no mushrooms especially certain varieties of mushrooms and the way you cook them have such a meaty texture that it doesn't have the texture of meat but you get the same kind of feeling when you eat it it's a little tough it's a little chewy it's so good especially like a portobello mushroom if you cut them a little thicker Mm. and cook them down you get this really like meaty texture from them oh my god they're so good shiitake mushrooms have you had them at copper branch like i swear sometimes i cannot believe that it's mushroom it reminds me of like the fake meat that kings does yeah their double happiness oh oh, i gotta try this but at copper branch it's shiitake mushrooms and i'm like how are you doing this i always think to myself i need to bring this to Catherine. be like you do this please bring you it make to me. this please. happen okay please. <laughs> um oyster king oyster mushrooms is what yep. we make our calamari out of and it's actually so good mm-hmm. that mushroom calamari blows my mind <laughs> yeah a lot of our favorite recipes are mushroom based because mushrooms are magical i saw some company some restaurant this week announced that they were gonna have a mushroom steak Ooh, yeah and i wish fun. i could remember which restaurant it was yeah that's another thing like a good portobello cap just kind of baked or pan fried is so good mm-hmm. it's so meaty it doesn't taste like steak but it's so good yeah uh so like don't sleep on mushrooms guys i hope you don't you like mushrooms out there because like there's some people who don't like mushrooms and i just feel sad for them No, my sister does not like <gasps> mushrooms at all she doesn't like nope. mushrooms not any kind of mushrooms no she's a big no wow i think she might be she might like the chicken you should you should make the fried chicken yeah i want to but that's the thing like mushrooms replicate chicken mostly not beef right maybe pork sometimes it depends yeah i would say they tend to be more of a chicken or a pork because they tend to be like stringier you can pull them apart yeah um but i use them in recipes that i would have used like beef or something Mm -hmm. like that like a good mushroom stew with big chunks of like portobello mm-hmm. mushrooms and whole mushrooms in replace of like a beef stew is so good. Yeah. So good. Guys, mushrooms. Also, dehydrated mushrooms. Oh, yeah. Dehydrated mushrooms. Ooh, that's an underrated pantry staple. That's that what we is. should have mentioned. Damn. <laughs> dehydrated mushrooms are one of my favorite ingredients to work with ever because not only are mushrooms amazing, but dehydrated mushrooms have such a bold flavor and they're so much meatier than regular mushrooms and regular mushrooms are meaty already Mm -hmm. so like dehydrated mushrooms if you can get them near you buy them use them and when you rehydrate them you get a mushroom broth out of it which is amazing two in one yeah two in one mushrooms man i could like literally we could i could do a podcast about mushrooms and just talk about how much i love them so when our maple cookbook is whenever that's done are we doing a mushroom two mushroom girls because yeah two maple girls two mushroom girls and then it'll be two matcha girls that's what i was thinking too but oh no we are too much that's for sure okay do you have any final tips before we go um great okay that's gonna be it for this experiment Try different cooking techniques. Don't make a dish and be like, oh, it didn't work. It's done. I can't have this ever again. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Try something different. Try a different ingredient. Try a different cooking technique. Uh, Just experiment. And it's just like with regular cooking. You could make mistakes then, but you didn't give up on that. Yeah, I honestly... 
I honestly <laughs> did you <laughs> I honestly think that like I wasn't into cooking until I went vegan because you have to be so much more creative I feel like when you're vegan you're trying to replicate certain things you're trying to use ingredients that you would never think were main components of ingredients now have to become main components of ingredients so you kind of have to change your whole way of thinking and it's actually a lot of fun I really like it yeah, I was never into cooking until uh, we started this blog. So I would recommend if you're going vegan to find a vegan friend. I thought you were going to say start a blog. Start a food blog with them. Yeah. Start and Devin, you like cooking now, right? Sure. You like it more than you did before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't mind it when I have time to do it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's going to be it for this episode of Camera Eats First. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss future episodes. If you enjoyed this, give it a rating and review. It helps more people find our podcast. If you're listening on Anchor, which is an app you can download for Apple or Android, you can actually call into our show and leave a voice message like Like, Sarah did earlier in the episode. Yeah, guys, we need more Sarahs. Sarah's so good at leaving us voice messages. All right. If you want to check out any of our vegan recipes, they are at twomarketgirls.com or we are twomarketgirls on YouTube. And we are all over social media except for TikTok. We are on Instagram, (laughs) Twitter, Facebook, Pinterest. Not without a lack of trying from Devin, though. (laughs) Devin, if you'd like us to be on TikTok, you're in charge of it. I know. (laughs) Also, go follow us on Instagram because we're trying to do more with Instagram stories these days. Try and do some what I eat in the days on stories, not on the YouTube channel. Um, And just trying to be like more present there. Yeah. You want to know my truth? I don't see how think sad do. Devin's day of eating is. Yeah. Mine too. I don't my want to show this. Yeah. My, literally, my lunch is going to be opening desk drawer, taking a can of soup <laughs> out, and heating it in the microwave. All right. That's going to be it from us. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye.